Welcome to Journaling with Nature, the podcast for those who want to turn curiosity into wonder, a pencil sketch into a rabbit hole of discovery, a moment of stillness into a life full of joy. I'm your host, Bethan Burton. Let's open the pages of our nature journals and explore this world together. Hello, this is episode 68. Today I'm speaking with Hashita Prakash. Hashita lives in India and has started Gita Living Colors. She uses plant and earth materials to create ink and paint, creating small-scale, sustainable art supplies that reflect the landscape from where they're sourced. Hashita is a member of the Natural Colors Collective, a group of nature enthusiasts sharing knowledge of natural and sustainable art practices. The Natural Colours Collective have created two online courses where you can learn to make your own inks and paints from nature. In our conversation, Hashita talks about the magic of creating colours with nature, how we can be more sustainability conscious in our choices when selecting art materials, and the delight she feels when sitting under a banyan tree. Let's listen. Thank you so much for being here with me. I'm really excited to talk about this unique way of using nature in art. So thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. So the very first thing I always ask my guests is about nature in early life. And I'm wondering if nature has been part of your life from the beginning. Yeah, during my early childhood, uh, for a brief time, maybe in summer holidays, I had the privilege to go to my uh, village. Uh, my dad has been born and brought up in a village in Karnataka. So I used to go there on and off, mostly during my summer holidays, uh, live there. And the, and the one thing that would always draw me towards going to that place was the swing. I love playing, playing on a swing. And I used to uh, get a <laughs> chance to like tie a rope to a tree, very huge uh, tamarind tree, and then swing all day, the entire day. Only thing that I used to do was swing over there. That (laughs) used to just take me to the village. I really loved going there for that. And um, yeah, that's been one of the best memories for me. Um, As I grew up, that just got disconnected slightly and uh, started living more in an urban space. But still, whenever there was time, whenever there was uh, an opportunity to go, we always did go back to the village, live there and stay there for some time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I wonder about nature around you now. How do you find nature? What does it look like when when you're looking for nature where you live? Right now, I live... In both this, both kind of spaces, I do live in a, a village where it's surrounded by just plants, trees, and I also live in an urban space just surrounded by buildings entirely. Um, so, but I feel anywhere we are living, there's always something that we can observe. There's always something which we can learn. Even though I'm living in an urban space, um, I can very much go on a walk, go to a park, or just like see a small travel from the city and I get to see so many things to learn or just stay on the uh, terrace and you get to see a lot of birds. That's also nature. 
if you just have a small kitchen garden on your terrace there is so much of activity of nature going on in just a small space or just a small pot we don't even need a bigger space one pot and you just don't do much into it and you see so many creatures coming up over there living over there and it's really so amazing to observe those things and learn from it yeah and when you're in the village on the farm what do you see there that's even more beautiful to say that's a huge space <laughs> and um it's always been a blessing to live there sometimes i feel um and um especially the early mornings i just love it like the sounds of birds that wake you up and the rains the water i have a small lake near my farm and um that's i mean it's a beautiful view just sit there and work and it also helps me a lot in terms of exploring a lot about colors which i keep doing uh it helps me uh, learn about a lot of different uh, greens or different plants uh there's so diverse food that we get to uh, eat if staying in an urban space we generally just buy certain things but staying there and you learn to forage for your food learn to forage for small things which you don't even know was edible learning certain things is really a wonderful thing that i get to do there um and mm-hmm. yeah my heart is always driven towards farming so i like doing it and i enjoy the process of those things i love that you said that there's nature wherever you are in a city in a pot and i think that that is really important to remember that it doesn't have to be grand it can be it can be a wide open space or a farm but it also can be with us wherever we are in cities i think that's really beautiful to remember true so now you are uh part of your work is creating colors for people to use in art and creating and teaching people how to do that and i wonder how you came to this how did you come to be investigating colors in nature um i think a huge part of this um process of what i'm doing goes to my mother um mm-hmm. she's been someone who's always introduced me to art and craft since my childhood so every mm-hmm. uh, summer holiday she used to teach me one new every year she used to teach me one new uh, art or a craft to work and the entire year i used to like practice or learn it if i if i'm interested i carry forward if i'm not interested it's just gone but she used to make sure that she teaches me one new craft every year every summer holiday and that that developed that creativity or the interest towards arts and crafts in me and there is a second thing which always interested me since childhood was magic uh so when i was very young i went to my dad and i was like i want to learn magic and um back then there was not much uh, of internet and stuff but i don't know how he yeah. managed to learn he did manage to learn few magic tricks he taught me and then that was way like, from there there was no stop for me to learn magic i was always interested in learning about magics and um he used to he bought me books and stuff and th- those are the two things which are always been a fundamental interest which has been for me uh since my childhood but then as uh, i finished my schooling as we grew I, i sort of lost connect to both 
those both of those uh, it more became more into uh, studies and stuff but after mm-hmm. my education i uh, did enroll for a fellowship over here um, so through this fellowship i got an opportunity to go to a village live there explore about all possibilities that you can work and um, that is when i uh, started learning or exploring more about uh, farming and i met really amazing people over there uh, who were interested in trying out natural farming uh, who were who were willing to switch from chemical based farming methods to natural farming methods so i also started slowly to reconnect back to nature also the curious kid which which was there in me which was lost slowly and it became more <laughs> ignorant that started going the ignorance started going away and i again restarted becoming i started again to become more curious about nature about things going on so started with natural farming initially but as i started interacting with the women and the people or the farmers over there uh one day there was a lady who came to me she bought a tea leaf and she rubbed it against her palm and she was like this is how we make kumkum so kumkum is a traditional thing which we apply on our forehead in india so she was like this is how we make traditional kumkum and i was so surprised ki a green tea leaf just rubbing towards your fa- palm gets a red color bright red color wow so this is like is that just the thought of this was so amazing and i used to journal my life back then in the village and that is the time when i thought okay fine and i'm doing everything with nature why am i journaling it with artificial colors let me start making mm-hmm. my own colors i mean that one thing actually initiated me to reconsider what colors can be made and i didn't know much back then uh i just started doing very small things um about just the just whatever is available in my kitchen um initiated with that but then um i slowly started understanding colors i started to to explore more about it and a friend of mine introduced me to an organization here called gandhi gram and they really taught me about um how to use them in your fabrics or how to use them in uh, in a different ways and um those uh, uh when i started exploring more about colors no that that interest would never fade away there's all now that creativity and magic which was lost in the childhood again came back is what i felt and <laughs> things just started and yeah I, i just love doing it now It's amazing. And so you've also gathered around you a group of people who um who are called the Natural Colors Collective. Can you tell me about the Natural Colors Collective? Yeah. This is a group of uh people who are interested and who are working towards uh exploring or more about natural colors and we like to support each other and work uh, there are I mean natural colors there is not just one application it's not just about paper uh it can be used on walls it can be used on canvas it can be used on papers on wood there are so many different types of application and the group of people that we have have different interests few are interested into doing wall paints few are interested into doing um paintings on paper and few of them are artists and who 
like to try these things and uh, explore more about natural colors and um, we thought it's a nice thing if we can be supportive with each other and work so there's anyways very little literature available in with respect to the paints uh, for our uh, region uh, so it, we thought if we can share the knowledge with each other it, it helps and we can document all these things it would really help us grow and it could also create a lot of interest in everyone around us uh, into knowing more about natural colors uh, so that's when we start uh, that's when actually the initiation was taken by my friend her name is called Nandita uh, so she was the one who initiated it and then um, we all were really uh, excited to do it then that's how we came up and that's how it's been running right now it's more of a supportive group uh, it's not an organization as yeah it's so wonderful to support each other that way and to lift each other up and to share excitement and innovations in yeah in this field so good and and as a group you have put out a couple of workshops and I've taken one of them and I'm looking forward to taking the other one. The first one is about creating inks from plants and it's been so wonderful and exciting to explore this. Do you want to talk a little about the workshops? Um, the work, We've been doing workshops from past few uh, years uh, but then after lockdown, as we saw, we, we, didn't, we couldn't do any physical workshops and that's when we thought, okay, let's do online workshop. And doing an online workshop used to feel like there's so many things we need. We need an extra person all the time. And then we were like, let's record it and it would be more useful for people because we'll be able to cover all the topics that we want to convey to the other person. Um, than in a live workshop. So that's when we took out our time and recorded everything that uh, we wanted to convey to people and um, came up with these two workshops, which is a very basic workshop, but it would definitely create interest into some you know, for others to start exploring about what natural colors are. Um, it could give a very nice start for everyone who is interested in to get nature into their paintings. So. That's how we started these two workshops and we do are looking forward to for doing more. But yeah, I think this would be a nice start for us. It's been a nice start for us. It's also going to be a nice start for everyone who is going to uh, try doing it. And it's very simple. It's not very complicated process. I've been so inspired and excited about it since I watched the ink making workshop and this just the last few days. I was outdoors with my son and we were talking about what could make ink and we've done some experiments and we made some um, ink from hibiscus flowers that I had in, in my kitchen. Yeah, I did see your stories. That was amazing. What I found amazing was the color change and maybe we can talk about this too. So yeah. um, I don't know why, but when the hibiscus ink went onto the paper it was bright red and then after a, maybe 30 seconds it had changed to purple and then the very next day it was almost black it was amazing the transformation that happened yeah, on the page that's actually very beautiful I think a lot of us try to do things which are like we want permanent things or we, we want more mm -hmm. immortal things in life and uh I mean, accepting that 
things change, accepting the change is really needed and not everything needs to be permanent. Um, and this particular things from Inc. is so wonderful to learn about. Ki even though it changes, it is not a bad change. Changes are beautiful. Uh, even yes. though our ink is changing, it's changing to a different color. It's changing to a different hue or it might uh, become a paler hue. Uh, but it's still a beautiful color to look at. Um, but that being said, uh, colors, natural colors are being used since ages. So there are colors which would not fade or which would not change due time um, and if we really want something some artwork to be preserved for a very long time we can uh, start using them or you can start using earth colors which will last for centuries which would not fade um, but uh, just to be open to an idea about it's okay like however it would look like but let's try painting it that idea would make it more easier and it's that's very uh, beautiful to uh, paint on a paper. And also key, one, just one color would give you multiple colors. That change like is also a wonderful thing that you can try having just hibiscus, but you can actually, even though not waiting for next day for it to change, immediately you add certain things to that hibiscus uh, ink, it would change. It would probably give you three to four different colors at the same time. That's yeah. something which is very beautiful and that's very magical. That's what I was telling you about having magic into picture. That is something which I find it extremely magical. I love that you bring the magic part of this because it is, it's so magical and it makes me smile so much that that you recognize that and that that important thing, that magic in life from your childhood is here in nature, in these changes, yeah. in in what you can create out of nothing. And yeah, it I'm just smiling because it's so beautiful. I love that you recognize that the ephemeral nature of that, of that that things aren't permanent and that watching the changes can be beautiful. Sure. I love that you that you said that. And but also that was something that astonished me in the class was that you can deliberately add things and depending on what you add, you will change the hue completely. That was amazing. I didn't know that. That was really fun to learn. That was fun for me too, especially colors like they're very pH sensitive colors like butterfly pea or flowers or even hibiscus or turmeric. The changes are so drastic, like turmeric with lime, it's like from yellow to red. It's a very different color and you would yeah. be so surprised to see them changing so drastically. I really love doing those. Mm, so it's about shifting the pH one way or the other. Yes. That's that's what makes the color change, yeah? Yeah. So if it's more acidic, it gives us a different color. If you're Growing it more alkaline, it gives you a different color. You're keeping it neutral, it gives you a different color. Yeah. It's so exciting. <laughs> I'm wondering about, uh, because I'm finding this inside myself now, that when I look outside at nature, I'm scanning and I'm wondering, what color would that make? And I'm wondering <laughs> if you do that too. <laughs> I do that a lot. Looking for it. When people yeah. <laughs> go on a walk with me, I think they also start doing that because uh, I think I would 
just keep asking people to find things which would like if you know something that would give you colors or if you know something which uh, is something which can be used i think i'm also interested in edible things so something yes. to eat or something to color i'm always interested and whenever i go on a walk at i'm constantly looking on the ground or around me <laughs> and trying to figure out see what is it i want to identify some things like that and best thing that i've identified till now i think that the dyer's oleander plant which was just in front of my house for a year and i didn't recognize it's a dying plant and one fine day i was just the flowers were so beautifully smelling and i was like let me know more about it and i tried to figure out what it is then i realized it's a dyer's oleander plant so that one leaf can give you yellow that leaf gives you blue it gives you green it gives you browns and i was so surprised that one leaf can give you so many different colors very similarly on all my walks i really like to look for colors or look for things which are like i mean more like colors it also like to understand the behavior of the plants i would like mm. to know what they are or what they like or how it behaves how it changes I think that creates uh, that curiosity for me is more interesting. Yeah, you get connected with the plant, right? Yeah. Just by um, you come to know it, you come, you want to know more and more, and you feel you feel connected with that particular plant when you're investigating it. And knowing that behavior of uh, each and every plant, right, it connects you more towards that plant, and it makes you you understand more about it. Uh, I think that's more wonderful. to get connected in a way where you're understanding about their behaviors. I love in the class that you can use the leaves or the flowers, the root depending on the plant, depending on the growing pattern of the plant that you what you want to look for and what's going to be useful for making ink. That was really helpful. Yeah. Actually you can use all parts of the plant in general. Um but a certain part of a plant will give you something that you expect probably from the plant the color that we expect from the plant a certain part would give give that but each and every part of the particular plant would give you some or the other color they would have some or the other pigments in it for sure Mm-mm. but the expected or what we are looking for comes from one part of it which we may have to explore that by trying doing some trial and errors Yes, I was going to ask did you learn a lot just from experiments because you must have got some knowledge and then but you get a lot of knowledge just by doing and practicing and and trying and failing and That's trying true. again, right? A lot of things did happen to me like trial and errors, but also as I said, mm-hmm. um, uh, I learned few things in an organization called Gandhigram. Uh so mm-hmm. that was the start for me to explore colors more in depth. into uh, all the colors that i used to make before were not light fast uh, but after the class i l- i started learning more about what are the colors which would stay what are the colors which would mm. change um so that gave me a very basic understanding of how to look for colors and where to start looking for colors um but uh, the later part for making paints it all came from trial and errors uh, so there's a lot of changes a particular plant uh, depending on the temperature it changes depending on the ph it changes depending on time it changes 
So there's so many variations and uh, it's very interesting to figure out a correct uh, place or correct recipe or understand. That's the reason we, why I was telling you it's really important to understand the behavior of the plant. So there's uh, a plant, uh, the dyers only under what I was telling you. Um, if you are uh, heating at a certain temperature, it gives you blue. You're increasing that temperature, it gives you green. And you boil it more, it gives you yellows. So uh, for us to understand what pigments they contain, how do you extract that? Those all comes basically from trial and errors. Um, but there's, there are certain books which I like to refer, but again, um, the literature is very limited to fabrics uh, and not to uh, paints. Um, but still, I think uh, it's a nice start for us to understand trial and errors actually work and it's something which I, it's mm. interesting to do. Uh, so that's how it all works for me as well. A lot of uh, experimentations. And it's so much fun to do that as well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Tell me about the beautiful little paint sets that you put together and sell. Uh, those are basically earth pigments. Um, so mm -hmm. for everyone who wants that, who do, doesn't want their paintings to change, who want their paintings to last forever, I think those are the colors which <laughs> people can use um, because they're again from soil. Soil pigments generally don't fade or they don't change over time. And um, I really like working with soils. So extracting clays from clays from different soils or rocks and then making paints out of it. My region has good color. We, like in India, we have very limited colored soils. It's majorly whites, reds and yellows. Uh, we can't find much of greens and blues. Uh, but the type of browns and yellows that we find are very different, very different hue, hues of browns, very different hues of uh, yellows. Uh, they are very nice and also whites. So those are the colors which I uh, forage for around the regions and then uh, convert them into uh, watercolors. Um, yeah. I wonder for you what it's like to take, take the earth from a place that is really significant and then create paint with it. There's, there's something very moving, I think, to to use the earth from somewhere that has a memory for you or a place where you've had good experiences and then to turn that into paint. How does that feel? Yeah, I mean, so the entire set that I curated, those are the soils which we are foraged for and I know where it's coming from and that idea mm -hmm. itself makes me feel nice. There's also uh, one part of me which uh, keeps questioning me about uh, how ethical it is to collect soils because they're not something which would replenish very faster like how we do it for plants. Um, so that's that's also a reason why the colors that we make are in very small numbers. It's not mm -hmm. in huge quantities. It's not bulk produced. It's in very small numbers and um, that's the main reason why it's small num made in small numbers. Um, but at the same time, it it's also makes me happy that I know where I'm collecting it from and I'm not yes. collecting huge quantities of it. And the colors that we are turning it into is going to become beautiful art pieces and it's going to bring smile to someone saying, yeah, I've tried to do it using a soil or using an earth pigment. Yes. 
that idea makes it more satisfying uh, yeah there's both these devil and angel things going on in my head sometimes <laughs> and i collect it i think i try to find a balance at times with that yeah that's very respectful and but you've really made me think about the art products that i use because i do nature journaling and i use paints from the art store and i haven't really thought deeply about what that means where that comes from what processes go into it what things that are questionable <laughs> things that i wouldn't find very nice go into these art supplies that i'm using so you've really made me think about that over this last weeks yeah i mean as much as i like doing natural colors oh I also uh, would uh, try to appreciate the fact that because of the chemical dyes which had come up a uh, few centuries ago um there's a privilege of each and every person being able to use colors now it's not limited to just artists mm. literally anyone are using colors they're able to enjoy the colors and things and um if it's if it had become more about only soil colors uh, i think the scale which people are using these days that mm. wouldn't have happened but again that being said um uh, it's also using just natural colors and not being too much addicted towards the hues or colors which a particular uh, paints would give i think that makes you more connected towards uh, nature mm. or natural colors and um, instead of purchasing colors um with like any chemical colors if we can also just paint thinking in mind about uh, the nature around us and just try to Im- like imitate that and create your own colors from whatever small resources is available around you and start making colors that would also uh, be a best thing mm-hmm. basically because when i'm talking like i was talking about the scale which uh, the chemical dyes or mm-hmm. chemical colors have bought um uh, that scale wouldn't have been possible just with natural colors and natural hues yes um but at the same time uh instead of uh, think i mean uh, one thing that we can tweak that or we can change that would be by doing it by ourselves trying to change our thought process slightly and be open towards the colors that nature is giving you around you or maybe again like i said just a pot just plant a couple of seeds in your pot and see what colors it's giving you instead of purchasing chemical or uh, paint or you can plant a couple of flowers or a couple of uh, things in your uh, garden small garden or something like that and try to paint them uh, so in that way you are also able to create the art that you are creating and you can be mindful you can be happy with what's happening yeah i think you're absolutely right and i think it's always good for us to reflect on what we're using because it's so easy to just say oh that looks good oh that looks good that looks good and not not reflect on it so any time that we can reflect on what we're purchasing what we're using that's going to be beneficial and we can make better choices because there are some especially watercolors that are better or worse than others and just even having this train of thought even having this moment of reflection is is good i think yeah it's just good to ask yourself about how important that is for you to create a art that you're doing can we 
like shift it with something that is more earth friendly it is more I, I, is, do we have that option to have an alternative and if the answer is yes always go for the second thing and try create it Yes. And I love that you actually create your own natural brushes that you (laughs) find in various things I've seen, um, including grass and cow hairs and even dog hairs. And I I think this is so amazing. And I'd love for you to talk about that, creating your own brushes. Yeah, I love the textures that different uh, brushes provide me. It may not, uh, sometimes the brushes may not feel as flexible as the ones that we purchase, mm-hmm. but there are, when you are using sheep hair or cow hair, the textures are amazing, the usability of the brushes are equally good, especially with grass uh, and stuff, it's the different types of lines, I mean, whenever, I think a lot of people these days uh, use their uh, iPads or uh, some other tools for making Uh, creating artworks and there are different types of brushes available and people use it yes and this would this for me feels very similar where i have different textured brushes and i dip it in different (laughs) things and i can paint different textured uh, colors and uh, that's more interesting for me uh, as such and i also uh, like going to an animal and like petting it for some time and just (laughs) hair from it (laughs) <laughs> I love that <laughs> and dog hair ne- never worked it's always very super soft but the sheep hair and the cow hair is really nice and especially it's always good to take calf hair and baby sheep hair because they're tender hairs mm-hmm. and they're really soft <laughs> it's just nice it's to do so sweet. yeah that's so cool I love that you had one post on Instagram and it was beautiful. And it said, if I can quote, I'll quote you. It said, there's nothing more comforting than sitting under a banyan tree and painting a banyan tree using banyan brushes. And I would love for you to tell me about that feeling about painting the landscape with the la- painting the landscape with the landscape. In fact, in the soil paints that you use using materials that you harvested from the landscape. What does that feel like? Um, Banyan tree has been one of my favorite uh, trees Mm -hmm. ever. And I love spending my time under a banyan tree um, Mm -hmm. and on it in general. I love sitting around the banyan trees. So Mm -hmm. um, when I'm able to use brushes from the same part, it just feels so fulfilling for me. And it makes me so happy that I can actually be using them as the process of what I'm creating. Um, it's, it's more like it gives me a lot of fulfillment or it gives me more of happiness. And the idea of banning tree itself has been a very, uh, very happy thing for me since a very long time. I, like, I always love to sit under a banyan tree or play around a banyan tree. For some weird reason, I have no. Is it is is it a tree from your younger days, or what is it that's so? I think I like the swinging part of it because yeah. it <laughs> and I always uh, like tied them up and always swing on it. I think yeah. that could be one reason, but I'm not completely sure why I love them so much. 
I love that you mentioned swinging because I loved swinging when I was a girl as well. And I used to do that so much. And just hearing you talk about it brings back those feelings and those memories of swinging for hours yeah, so and hours. Yeah, so always whenever there are like big roots, you just tie them across and then you sit and swing on the banyan tree. And banyan trees are so huge and it always, it feels like home and you're sitting mm. on it. And it's, it's the, the trunk, the branches are so big you can very comfortably sit and sleep on it. <laughs> so I think that those things make me fall in love with uh, banyan trees. And that day I was thinking I'll paint banyan tree and then I plucked a root from the tree and then made a brush out of it. I was like mm. really happy painting that. It just feels complete, yeah. Yeah. Now that we're talking about the sustainability of all our choices that we make as artists. I'm thinking about invasive species and about how it would be possible to make inks or paints from invasive species and how that would be a way around the moral issue of whether this is this is something something to do that's sustainable but that might be a way of doing both things creating art materials and at the t same time um, removing invasive species yeah I personally love working with I want to and I want to invest my time a lot working with uh, such species and personally being a farmer I really can relate to the issues the invasive species ha are giving us in terms of planting anything that we are growing in the farm um, and there are a good number of uh, such uh, species which are very good for dyes and inks um, and that's definitely a part where I would like to invest myself more and uh, create more inks and colors from them um, but yeah uh, the issues that they uh, create uh, are the, the flora and fauna diversity which it reduces uh, because the, the number of such plants are more, no, it's too huge. Um, yes. And I personally would uh, love to invest my time uh, into uh, working more towards uh, on such species. And yeah, I'm doing it to a certain extent, but I think it still needs a lot of research mm -hmm. in that field. I'm thinking about all the different invasive species that we have around here. Just anywhere I think that there's been fragmentation of yeah. the land and intervention there's going to be invasive species there's plenty of invasives around here and I'm thinking now my brain is thinking how can I <laughs> how can I make ink from these plants <laughs> yeah I mean we can definitely make ink from any plant that we mm -hmm. look around um, but again uh, if you have to get rid of a certain uh, plant or if you have to value add it at uh, the intention again goes behind is it uh, gonna last or is it going to be easy to uh, do it all those mm -hmm. aspects also come into picture um, but at the same time um, uh, if we are able to figure out a particular way for uh, converting them I think that would be a added plus point mm -hmm. towards that. You mentioned about pre-COVID doing workshops in the community and I'm really interested to talk about that, what it's like to go into these places and show people that they can make 
art materials from the plants around them and the soil. Yeah, that's one of my favorite yeah. things. Tell me about that. Uh, that's one of my favorite also because you get to like go around the location with the team or with the kids and then the type of things that they collect and come back are so interesting. You wouldn't sometimes think you can make colors out of a certain uh, ingredient what they collect and come and that exploration that experience especially kids when they're looking around and something they find it and um, we then we end up experimenting with the kids to see is it going to give you color is it not going to mm-hmm. give you color i think that feel and that uh, process is something really interesting for me especially with working with them and um, trying to it gives me also an idea about okay fine is there a different possibility of doing certain things or is there a different plant which we can work around and see if there is a diff- col- there are different colors which we can extract from it i think in the experimentation and the research process this also helps a lot because as kids they're so curious and they're so energetic the type of items they pick when they're on a walk are so different and that's something which i that's the main reason i love actually doing workshops like hands-on workshops mm-hmm. so it's the process is very creative in that aspect than an online space where we just use certain ingredients yes and i love that you have the component where you you are going out with them and actually foraging for the materials, bringing it back, having that experimental phase where can, is this going to work? Is it not going to work? And then actually putting that on paper and creating art with it. It, It's just so joyful. I just, I just love it. Yeah. And it's also interesting for kids in that way, because when they've collected something from a space and, they come over and they're able to see that that has been turning into an art and they're able to create some colors out of it from anything that they have collected it from. That happiness you see in their faces also creates a lot of happiness and fulfillment for you. Yes, you're teaching people that nature is fascinating. Nature is this resource that we can, that we can harness to, to be creative bring art into our lives and that you've done it to me you've done, <laughs> you've done it to me because my eyes are seeing things i hadn't seen before just because i'm looking out for what can we create next what can we create next <laughs> it's very joyful it is for sure and it's also equally important to be mindful about the items that we uh, forage for and yes not collect for the reason that there is abundance of it around collect how much you require for a certain process Um, one of the aspects which i really try to tell kids when they're foraging for things foraging for different items is that part where collect how much you need not Mm. just because you can see so many flowers on a Mm -hmm. tree doesn't mean you pick up a lot of it and end up throwing it just collect what is required for you that's something uh, I think it's really important for any of us who are trying to forage for things. Yeah, that's really important. Thank you for restating that because that's that's something to keep in mind every time yeah. every time we go out. 
Thank you so much for sharing your insight and your joys with me today. It's been so fun to talk to you. Thanks, Thanks for being a guest on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. And I think this is my first podcast and it's been really nice talking to you and sharing. And it also brought back my childhood memories. And stuff. <laughs> it was amazing talking to you. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Hashita. I love how this conversation made me reflect on my own choices of art supplies. When it comes to paint, I'll admit that I have never really given it a whole lot of thought. I usually go into the art store and find what looks good and find the colors I want, usually from well-known brands like Winsor & Newton or Daniel Smith, and I've never really given much thought to where the colors come from or how they're made. I have modified my color choices a little to avoid some of the colors that are considered somewhat toxic like cobalt blue and the cadmium family, but apart from that I haven't thought much about it. This conversation with Hashitha made me want to investigate more and research the source of the paints I buy. Everything we buy has an entire life cycle that needs to be considered, from the sourcing of raw materials, processing, what chemicals are involved, the ethics and sustainability of what goes in at each stage, even the working conditions of the people who physically make the products. There's a lot to think about that I haven't been thinking about until now, so I'm really grateful for this conversation. One way to feel confident about what we're buying is to buy from small suppliers and family-run businesses. Whether it's purchasing paints created by Hashitha herself or another small business, you're able to ask questions and to find out how the products are sourced and created and what goes into the process at every stage. I hope this episode sparked you to think about your own art supplies and how they're created. If you'd like to learn more about Hashitha, you can visit the show notes for this episode and find a link to her Instagram profile. And you can also find a link to the Natural Colors Collective. Definitely consider taking their online courses if you'd like to learn how to create your own inks and paints from nature around you. It's such a fun thing to do. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.